While the world adjusted to lockdown, images of a bird-beaked mermaid circulated across the internet. This was Japan's protective yokai, Amabi. And this is Legends from the Pacific. Aloha, and thank you for joining us. This is your podcast about Pacific folklore and cultural history, Legends from the Pacific. Welcome to episode 149, Japan's protective yokai, the Amabi. I am Kamuela Kaneshiro, a native Hawaiian professional writer, speaker, and Comic-Con panelist with extensive film and television experience. I study mythology, I've encountered unusual things, and I'm a geek. In the beginning, there was the Pacific Ocean. A canoe broke the horizon. Piloted by Pele, a beautiful Polynesian maiden who dominated the waves until she felt safe to stop. The audiobook of our Legends from the Pacific Book One is now available. Narrated by multi-award winning voice actress Emily Wu Zeller. Emily has worked on anime, the video game Cyberpunk 2077, and over 500 audiobooks including Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, from a certain point of view. Just click the link in our show notes to purchase our audiobook and enjoy Emily telling our stories today. Later in this episode, your featured song in Hawaiian word, but first, let me share with you this prophetic creature. As usual, I apologize for any mispronounced names or words and appreciate your understanding. Our astute listeners may recall we briefly discussed Japanese mermaids, or Ningyo, and P.T. Barnum back in episode 112. But while Ningyo are fish people, this episode covers yokai. Now, Amabi is also known as Amabiko, or Amahiko. It is a yokai with a scaly fish body, a bird beak, long black hair, and three legs, or three fins, or three sword blades. I'll get more into the possible sword blades later. Amabi was seen in the Edo period, or around May 1846, and was published in a popular woodblock publication, Kawaraban, which reported yokai sightings along with gossip and sensational news. While this is something that make P.T. Barnum blush, this early tabloid was prohibited by the Shogun for public morality. But people continued buying it. You may have picked up on me saying yokai sightings, because there were tons of yokai. You see, yokai could be good, bad, or just hanging around, being harmless. You know, just checking things out. But along the spectrum were prophetic and protective yokai, who were unique in appearance and what they provided protection against. During Japan's Edo period, the sea glowed red. An official went to the shore, and a black-haired creature surfaced. It had wide eyes and a bird's beak. As the official contemplated running, the creature's beak opened. Don't fear me, I am Amabi. I've come to tell you there will be six years of good harvest. There may be disease, if there is. Draw my image and show it to those who are sick. Do you understand? Yes, the official bowed. Thank you. Farewell. Amabi bowed and slipped beneath the waves. But why did Amabi show up when it did? 
During this time, foreigners frequented Japan's shores offering trade, but spread a disease like smallpox, measles, and influenza. Enter the Amabi, who prophesized good fortune and protection from this new threat. That being said, scholars believe Amabi's story occurred over a longer period instead of just one night. It is also theorized Amabi was influenced by other yokai. You see, around 27 years earlier, in another part of Japan, the yokai Himeuo appeared. Though it didn't have a beak, it had a fish body and woman's face, two short horns and three sword blades for a tail. This is why I feel the Amabe may have had three sword blades instead of three legs or fins. But still around this time, another yokai, the Jinja Hime, appeared, which had a longer serpent body, woman's face, two horns, and more fins, which it used as hands or legs. This yokai was known as the Shrine Princess, which was mentioned in our episode 112. Similar to Amabe, they predicted a good harvest and in case of disease, draw their pitcher, show it to the sick, and they'll be protected. However, unlike the Amabe, the two earlier yokai had hoju, which were Buddhist orbs that granted wishes. Skeptics may ask, what really were these yokai? Well, since it's common for island nations like Japan to incorporate aquatic creatures into their lives, records suggest witnesses may have mistook oarfish for yokai or mermaids. Oarfish with their long reddish-pink hair-like strands give it such a regal appearance, their Japanese names translate to Emissary for the Undersea Palace. A big mahalo nui loa to our Patreon members who support our mission to spread Asian and Pacific Islander cultural history and awareness. Will and Ollie Geis, Christopher, Meg, Jessica Bullock, Edward Pueohenki, Felisa H., The Makuliai, and of course, Ren Shepard. Your support keeps our show going. If you'd like to support our show, please click the link in our show notes and become a Legends from the Pacific Patreon member to enjoy an exclusive monthly Hawaiian story like the rare story of who the Hawaiian volcano god was before Pele, the return of the Hawaiian demigod brothers Kana and Nehui, and other nifty benefits. Your rewards are waiting for you. So join us as a Legends from the Pacific Patreon member today. When the world went into lockdown 2020, Japan rediscovered Amabe, and social media helped it become an internet sensation. Internet sensation. The rest of us should be so lucky. Amabe's image graced stickers, apparel, even food. It was displayed beside notices from Japan's health ministry, and it even became a camera filter, allowing users to virtually become the yokai during video calls. So, what'd we learn? When first learning about the Amabe, I quickly linked it with the plague doctors. Strange, right? I don't know, I guess it was their bird-like appearance and being connected to disease. I also really enjoyed that the Amabe, and possible predecessor yokais, could be viewed as modern myths for Japan. Finding modern myths are always bonus points for me. And finally, I think it's awesome for something that occurred over 150 years ago could be respected in modern times. Because while remembering such an old, unusual event, let alone spirit or creature, may seem odd, these things should be cherished, for they reflect a culture's identity. Thank you once again for taking the time to listen to another of our episodes. I understand you have a lot of podcast options to listen to, which is why it means so much to me that you spend your valuable time with us and helping with our mission of spreading Asian and Pacific Islander cultural history and awareness. If you haven't done so, please consider buying our book. 
sending us a few dollars instead of buying that morning coffee, showing your support by buying our shirt, and sharing us with your friends and family. All these quick and easy things seem simple, but they mean the world to me, and I appreciate all you do for our show and supporting our mission. So thank you, and mahalo nui loa. Our theme song is Mystery by Tavana, courtesy of High Sessions. Sound effects are by Sound Effects Factory. Our music coordinator is Matt Duffy, a.k.a. DJ Triple Bypass. Links and channels can be found on our website, legendsfromthepacific.com, including a link to your featured song, which is Water by Taimane, courtesy of High Sessions. Legends from the Pacific was written, produced, and edited by me, Kamuela Kaneshiro. I also wrote our original stories. Your featured Hawaiian word is Wanana. Wanana means prophecy. An example of Wanana is Harry Potter and the Star Wars prequels relied heavily on someone fulfilling a Wanana. Once again, Wanana is Hawaiian for prophecy. Thank you once again for listening and supporting our show. Mahalo and a hui ho! Hui ho!